But in the Bible, um, there's a wonderful moment where God encounters uh, a gentleman by the name of Moses. And he tells him, take off your sandals because the place you're standing on is holy ground. So the, the sandals speak of where he came from, his history. And Rob spoke about that in our prayer meeting. And sometimes we've got to take things off to walk into things that God wants us to be in. And sometimes we don't see it in the Bible a lot of times. But if you, if you actually look at the, um, the theological word as exegete or actually cut it up, cut up scripture. But if you look at it, you can actually pinpoint moments in God's encounters with people. We ask them to do certain things, and then it's their job to change. So it's not God's job for us to change, for him to change us. It's for our job to change ourselves by allowing God to lead us in that change. Because God's saying, oh, I want you to do this, and you go, oh, no, I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. Um, just leave me alone right now. And then it's amazing when God says, uh, you know, your obedience is better than sacrifice. So it's up to you. You know you tell your kids whose parents here, hands up. You know when you tell your kids one thing and they do the other thing? God's a loving father, and he does to us. He's the same thing because he loves us so much that he wants us. He's given us free will to make up a decision in our own right. But the great thing is that he's watching you. He's got a plan for you, but you've got to make the right decision according to his will. But the reason why I want to say that this morning is sometimes when we're waiting on God, God's already probably told you something to do, but you're still waiting for God. And you're going, God, I'm still waiting for you. God, when are you going to come through? And God's going, didn't you listen to what I said last time? I told you ages ago, but you've got to be obedient to that thing. And then you can walk into the fullness of what he has for you. I want to name some names here this morning. And uh, these are great Christian people throughout history. They were pioneers in their field. And probably some of you will know these names, and some of the names will probably surprise you. Who knows Martin Luther King Jr.? Hands up. These are pioneers. He was a pioneer. He was a Baptist minister, an activist, and also he was a visionary for civil rights movement in the 1950s. Amazing, eh? He was a, a follower of Jesus. I love the fact that a few couple of weeks ago now, Equip and Tyron made a, a profound statement. He said this, and Tyron is the team leader of the team that we actually partner with to spread the gospel. And he made this that Christianity is a change of belief, but, but being a follower of Jesus is a change of master. There's a massive difference. You can change and become a Christian, but it's better to be a follower of Jesus because that means you change your master. So it's amazing that we can actually understand that. William Wilberforce, who knows that name? Who knows that movie Amazing Grace that came out um, about five, six years ago? William Wilberforce was um, the politician. Yes, God uses politicians and uses them in their field to actually bring change, and he bring, brought around the change, of, um, the change of abolishing slavery. Isaac Newton, who knows that name? Who knew that he was a Christian or follower of Jesus? Who knew that? Not many people knew that. Um, but he, he loved the Lord, and then God gave him the concept. You know the apple falling from the, the tree idea they had, and then the whole concept of gravity. Oh, gravity! Inspired by the Holy Spirit, inspired by God, and that changed everything for people. Amazing, eh? So pioneers in the field, Florence Nightingale, who remembers that name? She changed the way we actually bring care to nursing. So how we nurse today is based on what she actually actually created back in England many years ago. Amazing, eh? And we don't think about this stuff because you, you think um, all the Bible stories, and um, that's powerful, but then there's some people that God uses out throughout history to actually bring change and become pioneers. Alexander Graham Bell. What did he design? The telephone. 
So the city of cell phones that you're probably on Facebook right now on? I'm going to check after this if you were. But it's important to understand that it started with an idea. See, some of these things are inspired by God. So people just don't, they're randomly maybe shaving one day and they whoa, where did that come from? Man, God. Amazing stuff. C.S. Lewis. Who knows that name? Yeah. So most people knew that he was a Christian. He was unashamed. But he had a massive battle with this whole concept of who God was for a long time in his life. And then one time he, in one of his articles he wrote, he said he just gave up and let God won. And that was it. It was his final straw for him. So he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia that we hear. And if you understand the Chronicles of Narnia, they're based on, he tried to bring a concept of what heaven would be on earth. Amazing, eh? It just blows your mind sometimes. Uh, who knows the name? Um, J.R.R. Tolkien. The Lord of the wing, or Wings. So I was thinking about eagles. I don't know. Because I'm going to eat them like wings. Okay. Lord of the Rings. And he's another person that had a battle with this whole concept of who God was. But then he had a revelation and encounter with the Lord. And the amazing thing is that C.S. Lewis and J.R. Colton, they, they had the book club together. So they would actually exchange concepts of what they thought and brought a lot of theology into it. What they thought of heaven, how that impacted on earth, kingdom come, will be done, all that stuff. So they're discussing it and some of their amazing ideas for their books came out of those discussions. Pretty cool, eh? Um, who knows this name? Billy Graham. Um, one of the greatest evangelists, I believe, of all time. Led not just thousands, but millions of people to the Lord. So um, it's great because in that lifetime, we get to, yeah, hear about him. And obviously he passed away. But also, who knows this name? Um, Wurumu Ruka. Does anyone know that name? We're talking about pioneers this morning. Who knows this name? Um, Wilfred Beetham, the mayor of Waiuku. <laughs> who knows that name? Who knows this name? Um, Ngari. Everyone knows him as Ngari. We know as Henry Thompson. Who knows that name? We're talking about pioneers here. We're talking about um, people that are, are going to be life, actually world changers for the Lord. Who knows this name? Um, Josh and Zach. John Andrews. Who knows that name? Twins. Who's going to do amazing things for the Lord. This is amazing because God gives these unique ideas and revelations to normal people. And we forget that. that a lot of people in the Bible would have been just normal people doing their everyday thing. And I want to speak about a normal person that actually was going on with life. He was enjoying what he was doing. He didn't know any different. But yet God had a call for his life. His name was Abram. It's amazing that God takes him and then changes his name. But it's a journey. It becomes a journey. But he was just a normal person. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, Genesis 12. Let's start from there. And we're going to learn about Abraham a little bit. And then I'm going to talk about some practical things that we can take away from here. But I'm going to talk about a pioneer spirit. We can't settle for where you're at right now. If you're settling, you need to break camp and leave. And actually not leave physically, but leave in your heart. Leave the way you think and actually move to a new way of thinking. For some of us in years to come, we may have to move physically. 
because of the call of God in your life. And that's fine. Genesis 12, verses 1 to 9. And it says this, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he was sent out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out from the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So I just want to focus on a little bit of that and talk about this. You know, when Abram was called by God, it wasn't, you got to understand that Abram's background was this. He was leaving because his background was this. Remember, Haram, um, Abram's father, Terah, was actually an idol maker. He made idols. That was his living. So he, he actually grew up in a land which worshipped idols. And some people go, oh, he could have stayed there. And that, as Christians, we say, oh, God's called me to. No, we use the scripture as that whole thing of release ourselves from something. You know, you go, I really believe God's called me to go there. I don't know what it is, no. But we, we take this whole thing of, oh, um, I think we need to go, just like Abraham did. No, we need to go to a country we haven't been to before, go to the people we haven't been before because God's going to take us there. But the thing is that God had this amazing relationship as we do with, his, um, with Abram. And Abram had this amazing relationship with God. And God was taking him out of something that he shouldn't have been in. Because the thing is that if he had lived in that environment for any longer, he would have become an idol worshiper or maker of idols himself. So sometimes you need to take off your shoes, like we said this morning, like Moses did. Sometimes, like the Samaritan woman, you need to leave your jar behind. If you read that text, she leaves her jar behind. The thing that she used to carry around to carry her things pretty much to satisfy her life was in that jar and sometimes like every healing in the bible you got to throw off your cloak talking about where you came from and sometimes in these situations when god calls you sometimes we have this whole thing of i'm not sure god i don't know and then god's going man i'm waiting for you to step out and just trust me i need someone that who feels they can trust me because i'm going to do something okay no one's going, no. <laughs> no one's going, no way, Joe. Don't worry, you're just going to do something, an exercise, okay? So I just need maybe uh, a man. It's probably easier for we have a man up here. <laughs> no one trusts. <laughs> all, the, all the wives are going, go. <laughs> oh, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, come. Kyle, come. Okay.
How did you feel? Oh, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> At any moment there, were you a bit, were you thinking about it? Yeah, thinking, is this guy going to catch me? Um, I had no doubt that um, you weren't going to catch me. Yeah. See. I trusted in the, the Lord. <laughs> so that's it. Thanks, Johnny. I'm going to do it with Kyle soon. But it's a complete trust. All I said to him, I whispered in the ear, just fall back. That's all I said to him, fall back. And he had to trust me on that. Sometimes God gives you just a little bit, and you've got you to actually step out in faith and trust him for those moments. So Johnny, I'm sure he's thinking in his mind, I hope this guy catches me. <laughs> hope this illustration is going to finish well. But he can't see who's going to catch him, but he knows that they're going to be there. And that's the confidence we need to have in God. I'm going to try it with Kyle. <laughs> You're just excited about falling back. <laughs> so who was scared out there? Like, is he actually going to catch me? <laughs> Who feels like that sometimes with God? And sometimes from outside looking in, when someone, when God speaks to someone about trusting God, it may feel like, is this the right thing to do? Is this really you, God? And from other people's perspective, is this guy going to actually catch? Does this actually guy that actually believe that this is from God? But were you scared at any point? Um, just like the last split second. I was like, he's going to catch me, he's going to catch me. And I was like, Wait, I'm starting to get further and further down. Is he going to catch me? <laughs> and who knows that God shows up at that last minute. And that's the faith that we need. It's a whole thing of actually completely trusting. I have full confidence that God will be there. Who's had breakthroughs right at the last minute? Hands up. And God, and God does that because he wants to see our obedience to actually trust his word into our lives. Thanks, Kyle. Give him a round of applause. Thanks, Johnny. The reason why I wanted to show you that is that sometimes when God calls you out of something into something else, you've got to completely trust Him. You've got to trust Him no matter what. You may not even know what's on the other side. No, Abram in his actual journey, he did understand that. But the great thing about this journey is that on the other side of his obedience, the miracle took place. All his miracles took place on the other side of his obedience. So number one, these are some three things I want us to remember just in our faith walk with Christ and to be pioneers. As pioneers, every single one of us is called to be a pioneer in some way. In 1978, uh, my grandfather came to this land um, as a um, firstly an immigrant, but then became an overstayer, then became a citizen. <laughs> Don't worry, we didn't do what the Tongans did and hide people in fridges. We Samoans, we use chest freezers. <laughs> it's all about the chest freezer, man. You can fit about five people in there. Okay, and some of you are probably thinking, is that that? Do they really do that? Do they? Yes, they do. Okay, we hide people in fridges. Okay, let's get over that now. But the thing is that when my grandfather, like many other people, came from overseas, they were pioneers, and they came to a land that they didn't know. My father, grandfather, came in 1978. And he was working in Oduhu in the farmlands. Now, Oduhu used to be all farmlands many years ago. And he worked there, and he was just saving up money. He didn't have anywhere to stay. But in 
But he actually put a seed in the ground in terms of his faith to actually be here for the rest of the generations. Let me say this to you now. Like Abraham, for this particular story, we are building for generations. If you are only building for yourself, you're a very selfish person. I just want to say that. You're all about you. But if you're building for generations, because God is a God of generations. We heard this as a few weeks ago at the conference. If you weren't there, register for next year, okay? But the thing is that generations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Abraham made a decision so he could be a blessing for his generations to come. You make a decision sometimes based on what the good outcome it is for you. Because we only think seasonally. If I can be blessed, then I can make things happen. No, no, no. If I can be blessed, I can be a blessing, not just for the people around me, but the people yet to be born. And that's the way we need to think. My little and I, we're not here to be a blessing for this family specifically, but for our boys to grow up in this blessing. So they can see that it takes sacrifice, it takes stepping out, but then hopefully our children's children will follow on on the ways of the Lord. The greatest inheritance you can leave for your children's children is their relationship with Jesus. That's the greatest inheritance. Everything else falls away. Houses fall away. Cars fall away. Buildings like this will fade. It's that relationship with Jesus. The reason why I will say that is that sometimes today, this morning, you may be thinking that um, if I can do it myself and God's all of me, um, I want to say you need to cut that thinking off and actually think, what's the generations to come? So even if you're looking at your children, just think, how can you be a blessing now for your children? Are you saving up for them? In terms of, are you accumulating, this is practical, are you accumulating enough uh, assets for the generations to come? The house that Lydia's father lives in is their family house in Pakaranga. His thinking is it's going to bless her and her children. So he's already thinking generations. So he's not moving and selling the house. He wants to keep it because he knows that their house will be an investment into their futures. The thing is that we need to think that way all the time. We can't just be selfish people and live for us. Just live for our, everything dies of our generation. Um, in my family, uh, I was the first to become a Christian, have a relationship with Jesus. And uh, for, me, that was a, for me, that was a pioneering thing. Now, I remember telling the story that my dad didn't speak to me for three months because of that decision. He kept on saying, you brainwash, you brainwash, you brainwash. But now, amazing, <laughs> yeah, our bloodline from Taiwan. My wife just mocking me on my accents. I'll get my accents right, okay? <laughs> she put my, my grand, yeah, my grandfather's grandfather <laughs> was from Taiwan. <laughs> You're shocking, wife. You're shocking. <laughs> Pulling me down, man. Build me up. <laughs> Sorry. Man, it's cool to do family, eh? Especially when your wife's telling you off in front of everyone. Okay, but the important thing is that generations build for the next generation. If you're not building for the next generation, honestly, you're building for yourself. You're, you're a selfish person. Build for the generations to come. I want to trust that God through us will, be a, will allow us to bless our kids and their kids to come. And you should be thinking the same. So what you're doing now is being a pioneer 
is actually being a pioneer that consecrates himself or herself. What does that word mean? It means set yourself apart for God's call. So we see the stories of people leaving things behind. Well, those people are um, blind Bartimaeus. He, God, no, Jesus heals him. He throws off his cloak. And they Peter and John, when they, in the book of Acts, when they actually don't give that guy the money, and they go, no, we want to pray for you. Yes, get him. And they pray for the guy, and he goes, wow. And he throws off his cloak, so he leaves everything behind. The Samaritan woman, I've said it before, now she goes into the town, but before she goes into town, that one sentence just before that, she leaves her jar behind. What are you carrying with you that shouldn't be with you? Sometimes you walk into your destiny carrying your history. You need to break camp and move. So if you're wondering why you're dragging along, imagine that you're dragging dead weight with you into the destiny that God has for you. So you've got to leave things behind. Consecrate yourself. Joshua 3.5 says, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow God will do wonders amongst you. Who wants God to do wondrous things amongst them? You need to consecrate it. Set yourself aside for God's call. Okay. How does that work? Just like uh, Abraham, he had to make some choices. He had to break camp. He had to make sure that he was fully committed to the call of God on his life. And you will be challenged. But the main thing is this. Now, everyone has a general call. Everyone has a general call in terms of God has called every single one of us to make disciples. But also at the same time, God gives you a specific call. So some of you maybe are not called to plan a church. Maybe you're called to plan a garden. <laughs> Be the best garden in the world. Uh, there's a great book out now, a the nice theological book by a guy named um, Winky Prattney. Who knows Winky? And Winky stays, still stays in Weymouth. If you don't know who Winky Prattney is, I'm telling you some of the stuff is phenomenal. Um, actually, most of the stuff is phenomenal. Kiwi loves the Lord. And it's been a pioneer for many years. But he's got a new theological book out. Uh, I'll put it up. I'll put the link up. But a great book. And it actually breaks up every area in the Bible where actually God calls himself a gardener, a builder. He breaks up every job existing in mankind today. How God breaks himself up and all those things. Because God hasn't just called you just to be a pastor or a minister. You're a minister that actually can be a builder can be a policeman, can be a teacher, can be a gym instructor. So wherever God calls you to, he will use you. That's a great, a great book, and I would probably get the link for that. Um, and it breaks, just changes the way you think and actually how you live your life. Firstly, um, when you actually hear from the call of God and consecrating yourself, you've got to hear from God. There's too many people in the world today that actually say, I heard God's voice, but it wasn't really God's voice. It was the um, ideas of other people. There's so many times. I mean, one time, well, this is something we did, and it's a story that, it's a funny story. So one of our friends shared a story with us, and um, they said, oh, they, they took some dirt from a, from a house, and they went to, and they took the dirt, and they took it home, and they prayed over it. And then God blessed them with the house they actually prayed for, that, that dirt was on. And then Lynn and I, we heard the story, and we're going, hey, we should do the same. So we went to Woodford, doing you know, all those flash houses. So we went to open home. He goes, oh, you guys come to buy the house? <laughs> no, we just came to get the dirt. <laughs> Put it in the jar, took it home. 
<laughs> took it home praying, oh God, this is going to be you, Lord. We're going to break through. And nothing happened. Because sometimes you cannot live on other people's revelation and encounter with God. You've got to trust God hearing his voice for yourself. How many people have done that in the past? Come on, I'm not the only person that's made that bad mistake. <laughs> why, why is other people putting their husband's hands up? <laughs> it's important to understand that sometimes you do that and it's not hearing God's voice. What you're actually doing, actually copying someone else's revelation. You can't live on secondhand revelation. You've got to live on your own personal revelation from God. So it's amazing when people say, I've heard from God, but that looks exactly what they, <laughs> I'm sure exactly. And sometimes we take scripture and we claim scripture and all that stuff, but it's not really what God has spoken to you about, specifically to you. So pioneers, gotta, you need to understand this. You need to hear God for yourself. You hear God's voice and not the people's voices. Number two, within that first point is a B, is get perspective. I need to see here. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Can you tell me, can you read what's on there? Is there anything on this side of the paper? So what happens if I flip it and you get a different perspective? It looks very differently. So sometimes we base our perspective on one side, but you've got to get every side. So that's why perspective and counsel in the Bible is so important. Because some people go, oh man, I really feel I need to go and do this. This is what God has called me to. And they come passionate. Their veins are popping out. Oh, this is the Lord saying, I heard the Lord. I went to the mountain of the Lord and I heard God speak to me. And that's what I'm going to tell you that this is what the Lord is going, really? But that's going to lead you down this path. And what you actually do is actually when you get perspective, you get the other person saying, oh, but you know if you go down that way, you're going to not see the other side of things. Actually, have you dealt with this issue? That's why it's important that counsel, you can get counsel from your friends, but trust me, your friends will just say, all good. <laughs> it's all good, bro. Just go for it. Run, run. And then they run into a hole. That's important. You've got to get perspective from people that don't think like you, but do pray like you. Okay, it's so important. They may not think like you, but they do pray like you. So it's important to get that perspective because what happens is they get every angle. Get perspective. And another thing is this, within that whole thing of consecration, is that understand God's timing. God's timing is not your timing. We live in the culture, and this generation is very, everything's quick. My boys, like, they expect everything to be like this. Oh, when is dinner? You just had lunch. It's like, come on, man. Get with the plan. It's important to understand God's timing is not your timing. There's a wonderful part of Abraham's story when his name gets changed and him and Sarai are actually praying for a child. Abraham does the naughty, does his own thing, doesn't go according to the will of God and actually has a, another child. Okay, and that's obviously not the way to go. But God, before he took, this is amazing because God said to him before, I will come back in my appointed time. So God's appointed time is not your time, it's his time. 
And sometimes we try and rush things with God. He say, now God, now God. And God goes, no, no, when I show up, I show up. And we've got to trust that. That's why it's a whole thing of faith where you drop into that level of, like Cole, is this guy going to catch me? <laughs> Please, Lord, I don't want to go heaven now. So it's in that moment where you're trusting and you're completely going, God, I know you're going to break through, that he answers. So please understand God's timing. Number two, pioneers live outside the comfort zone. If you're comfortable, you got to ask God, God, what do you want to challenge me on? If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. If you're not reaching out to someone that needs Jesus, that's going to challenge you. Who gets challenged by that? Like, oh, wow, I've got to talk to someone about Jesus. If you, if you allow yourself to be in, put in a place where you can say, God, just use me, wherever it is, opportunities will arise where people will actually come and ask you or people will just say, hey, ask you questions. I had two out of one person just inbox. I know some of the people saw it on the Testify page about someone just asking from the gym to learn more about Jesus. And then I had another incident where I had this major debate with another guy. Um, and it was a full-on debate, but it was a, it kind of teed out. But those opportunities will come. But if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. So you've got to be open to those. And it's not going to be comfortable. This road that we walk is a narrow road. It's not called a comfortable road. Well, come to Jesus and you walk a comfortable life. No, no. There's going to be hardships because those things happen. There's going to be struggles because those things happen. People around us die. People around us get sick. But we stay on this narrow road because we understand who our Savior is, and that's where we're sticking. And guess what? It's not comfortable. If you want a comfortable life, don't be a Christian. Go enjoy the world. But trust me, if you want to live in the fullness of what God has for you and walk his road, and it's not a comfort. It's not a road full of comfort. Abraham walked into everything that God had for him, and it was hard. He had to deal with some big issues. He had to trust God even more. So for us, on a daily basis, we need to be able to say, God, use me today. You may be thinking, oh, does that mean God wants me to leave my job? No, no, it doesn't mean that. It just maybe, maybe means God wants you to step out a bit more within your job. Oh, that means people are going to know that I'm Christian. Well, of course they're going to know you're Christian. I hope they do. Because there's no undercover service in the Christian faith. We are bold, we are proud, and that's who we are. And if, you, if we're friends on Facebook, you, sh you can see that outright, I'm not ashamed who my Jesus is. And a lot of people that are connecting are saying, I want to know this Jesus that you know. So, People want to know, but if we're not going to say, there won't, they won't be a place of connection. So be proud. Ask God for the, the moments there. Um, and lastly, but not least, pioneers are those, uh, pioneers are a channel of blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Wherever God sends you, you need to be the blessing, not the curse. When you show up, people should be going, they're here. And they go, oh no, they're here. Who invited them? I'm serious about this because sometimes we show up and you think, why is everyone leaving the room? 
because you showed up. We need to be a, a blessing to people around us. And it's important because when people feel like they're loved, and I love the thing about the kindness of God, it's seen through you. And people are led to repentance through that kindness. So how many of us are using words that are, are kind? How many of us are actually loving on people, no matter where they come from? I've been challenged, me personally, I've been really challenged in a few fronts to love people beyond what I think they should be loved. But that's the great thing about being challenged in that area. Because God doesn't want us just to be a, a place of a person just as lives out of our Christian faith, but also be a blessing to those around us. Because when you grow up in that place where you understand that you are a blessing to those around you, man, people are going to want more of that. Man, there's something different about you. And we say this all the time in church, there's something different about you, but is there something different about you? Can someone can, can I give you a call? I've had, well, in the last two weeks, five people, five different people, and I'm not boasting, I'm boasting what Christ is doing. But we need to, if I'm not doing it as the person that's leading this church, if I'm not doing it, why should you do it? But I'm willing to say, I'm willing to step out and be faithful to my Jesus and say, God, you take the glory. But if you're going to bring people to me, I will speak to them about you. And that's the bottom line. I was so excited. I was texting this guy last night that wanted to come. He couldn't come today. But he said, you know what? I'm so excited. He's not even on this journey yet. He doesn't even know Jesus yet. He goes, I'm so, um, his text goes, I am so excited to get the party started with Jesus. And this is terminology. And I said, this guy's more excited than some Christians I know. And they're saved. And this guy's, <laughs> this is amazing. We should understand the joy of our salvation. Because when we understand that, we will be a blessing to those around us. And then people look at us and they go, wow, I want to be part of what they're part of. Because it's Jesus they talk about. Not this gathering they do, that we do as church. Not the religious rituals and that stuff. It's that relationship with Jesus. Going to church every Sunday won't get you to heaven. Let me say that. So stop ticking the boxes, okay? Being in the right relationship with your Lord Jesus Christ, that's your way to heaven. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, life. That's it. So even if you were to miss a Sunday, I'm not encouraging that because it's good to be together. But even if you miss a Sunday, you can't stay at home and go, Oh, Lord, forgive me. I haven't been this Sunday. It's okay. He, we heard it this morning. He still loves you. If you have that right relationship with him, their plan is still sure and secure. So this morning, I want us to understand that we're all pioneers. Like the great people throughout history, God has called us to be pioneers. And sometimes we need to actually break camp and actually move into the purposes of God. Uh, God called Abraham out of his idol-worshipping family to be a follower and a worshipper of the Lord God Almighty. He became a channel of blessing, not just for his generation, but the generations to come. That's what a pioneer is. One day, some of you in this room may go along to actually plant your own church. And I encourage that. Why? Because the more people out there planning families to speak about Jesus is important. We're not trying to grow an empire here. 
We're trying to advance his kingdom. That's the bottom line. And we'll, I'm tired of people saying, no, we want to build what we're doing. No, 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 no. We want to build what he's doing. And we're going to go along with that plan. Amen. It's not building our empire. The gate is not an empire. And we're not building it. We're building the kingdom of God. And that's the bottom line. Okay. So just want to just mention that, okay? Because we can be all about ourselves. All about what we're doing. And I think sometimes as a church we lose our way because we're all about building this flash building. And we need that stuff to actually do what we do. But it's not that stuff at the end of the day. It's all about the people in right relationship with Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Pete, can we get you on the... Was he? Thanks, Pete. Can we all uh, just stand to our feet? please? Thanks, family. going to pray and what I want us to do just close your eyes and just ask God even when you're standing God this week I want to be used to be a pioneer in my workplace I want to change the current situation of my family I want to be a pioneer of that there's another word they use as uh, when they break up the definition for pioneer it's trailblazer it's actually the same root word that they use for parenting in one of the texts and it's um, they, their whole scripture will train your child up in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. And that word that they use, train, is actually the word when you actually go back to the root word in Hebrew, the actual word is to set a blaze. It's to, it's to actually set a path to be a trailblazer. So as a parent, if your parents here this morning, you need to be a pioneer, a trailblazer for your kids. If you're not a parent, well, you can be a pioneer a trailblazer for those around you. You may be able to ask God this morning, God, what's something different I need to do this week that will help me be a pioneer in the situation that I'm facing? I want to change the way things are happening, but I know you called me to do it. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that um, Abraham, he had to change the way he thought, but at the same time he had to leave the place he grew up in and Lord, I, I just want to pray this morning that as we, as we focus on you this morning, I pray you speak to us about things that we need to do within our own families, in our own communities, in our workplaces. In this nation, wherever you may send us, Lord God, how we can be pioneers, Lord God, set a, a path where everyone can follow. And I pray that you would use us, Lord God. That even the youngsters, Lord God, even our teenagers, that they can be trailblazers. They can be pioneers for you. I want to thank you this morning, Lord God. I want to pray for open doors, Lord God. If that's you this morning, you're just going to trust God for just open doors in your, in your place of employment to share with people. Just raise your hand and say, man, it's me, man. I want to speak more about my Jesus in my workplace. But I'm not too sure where to start. Just raise your hand saying, no, I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord God. I'm here. I'm available. Because God doesn't need your ability. He just needs your availability. That's all he needs. And he will fill your mouth. That's awesome. God, I pray that you would use these amazing people, Lord God. Just as hands are raised for people that say, God, use me. I'm available. Just a normal person like Abram was, carrying on his life. I pray you use us. Any teachers here that they'll be able to be used by you. 
any employers here, business people here, I pray they'd be used by you. Any parents here, that they'd be used by you. Those who are in the technical industry, those who are on our streets or social services, I pray you use them, Lord God. Just even a door to be open, Lord God. I pray you use them, Lord God. We thank you. Just inroads to the families, Lord God, as well. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for great testimonies this week, great stories of people saying, hey, there's something different about you. I want to know what you do on the weekend, even those opportunities, Lord God. I pray that you would use us, Lord God. Father, we thank you. We want to honor you, Lord God. We want to give you the glory. It's all about you, and it'll always be about you, Jesus. We thank you. We honor you. Just before we finish, if you're sitting here this morning, and you don't know Jesus, and you're wondering, man, what's this all about? Now, how can I be a pioneer? Well, the first stage is this, receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you're sitting here this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior for your own life, not for your husband's wife, our life, or not for your, your friend's life, but your life, if that's you this morning, you don't know Jesus, I want you to say, man, Joe, pray with me. I want to know this Jesus that these people know. I want you to say, ask you just to lift your hand and say, that's me, Joe. Pray with me. Awesome. 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 Anyone else? That's great. I want to, those people that have lifted their hands up, I want to ask you, the courageous people take courageous steps. So I want to ask you just to come to the front. There's nothing special about the front, but it's just that whole Faith step of, oh, I don't care. Really, I honestly don't care. I want to ask you just to step out and just join me at the front here. Cool. Just come on down. Awesome. Cool. Can we have just people just pray and just ask that um, some people here up just for prayer, just for renewing some of you over here for just to know who Jesus is really. So just ask them before you pray for them. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for these amazing people. I just want to pray that you would bless them, Lord God, this morning. And Lord, I thank you that salvation is not just a prayer. It's a declaration of Lord, Savior, that you rose from the dead and that you live and you reign. And this morning, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the decision many of these people will make this morning to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Can we just give them a round of applause this morning? Let's take some courage to come up here. But what I wanted to do is um, they're going to pray together. Some of these people out here, they're going to pray together with each other. Because we've got to get over the thing of that um, salvation is a salvation prayer. It's actually a declaration of Jesus, your Lord, of my life. Okay. So this, I'm going to pray together. So you guys are going to pray together. Okay. And then... Man, we've got so much to rejoice. Woo! Oh, you can do better than that. Cool. Father, we thank you. We give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Fano. There's tea and coffee next door. If you need prayer for anything, or prayer, healing, or anything like that, just come up to the front. I want to pray with you. Awesome. God bless you all.